Have you ever been called a band geek, a theater nerd, cyber dork, studio rat, gamer punk, orchestra dork, book monkey, drama jock, poindexter, artsy fartsy, or just plain weird? Well then, welcome to Art Nerds. This is the podcast where we sit down with our nerdy friends, embrace our inner geek, and celebrate our art. And welcome back, my friends. This is Art Nerds. This is the place where we talk to our nerdy friends about their artwork. Today with me in the dining room, I have uh, the love of my life. This is my wife, Jenna Kyle O'Brien. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm glad to hear it. Um, Jenna is an artist, and I'm going to let her talk about what is your art. Well, we were just chatting about that, and I would say that my art is... Truthfully, I'm in, I like a lot of different things. I like, I mean, music is my passion. I think I've had it since I was very, very young. And uh, I grew up in a musical family. And so I think I was always going to be a musician. As a matter of fact, I tried to deny it at one point. Um, and, uh, yeah. Why on earth would you deny that? <laughs> it wasn't really a denial. It was, a, it was just not a belief that I could be uh, successful at it or be good at it. And so, like, growing up, I was involved in music. I mean, I remember elementary school and uh, my teacher there and singing. And I, I remember a lot of details about elementary music. So I know that I had that love of music early on. And my I grew up in a family that listened to all different kinds of music. My mother was a music major in school and... Um, so I had that influence all the time and I loved, um, uh, singing and playing instruments and, um, I played the oboe for 12 years and I sang and I loved being on stage and singing in musicals and things like that. So, but then when I, uh, came time for me to go to college, I was like, Everybody kept saying, you know, I wanted to be a music major, and uh, everybody kept saying, "Oh, no, no, don't do the, you, you know, you, you don't have any piano skills." I that was the one thing I didn't have, which I didn't, I never took piano lessons. I was the youngest of five kids, and you know, it was like one of those things, like raise, not really raise yourself, but it was like a, I kind of did my own thing, and you didn't I didn't have the same kind of attention as a right. only child would get. Right. Okay. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, um, so I never took piano lessons, or I never, uh, you know, I, I never even thought to ask for piano lessons, truthfully, and I don't know why, but I just didn't. And um, so it wasn't until I was like a senior in high school that I was like, I really should have taken piano. <laughs> so I did try and teach myself how to play the piano a little bit in my, my senior year, my mom knew how to play so she could help me out a little bit. But, um, I remember she got me a book when I was in, um, uh, high school, the flower drum song. It was a, it's a musical that a lot of people don't know, but <laughs> oldie but goodie. Yeah. <laughs> and I learned the, I taught myself the music from that and I knew how to read music because I had done uh band for so many years. And, um, but I didn't have very much confidence. So when I went in to uh, declare what my major was my freshman year, I declared English as my major because I also like to read like a fiend. And um, so I thought, well, that's something I could do, you know. And so I was I was an English major for a half of a year. And I changed my major to music like after my first semester because I... 
had auditioned for a uh, choir. I thought I was auditioning just to be in a choir because I thought I still love music. I want to be part of the music program or at least, you know, have music in my life. So I auditioned for me for the choir and I thought, you know, great if I get in. Well, there was three, three different choirs there. It was Eastern and, uh, I ended up getting in the top choir. So I was like, Ooh, that's great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, at the same time, apparently I, I inadvertently, um, auditioned for voice lessons. I didn't know I was doing that, but that's kind of typical of me. I don't always pay attention <laughs> to the details of those things. And so I ended up, um, getting accepted into Dr. June Johnson's voice class and, uh, as a voice teacher, private voice lesson. And she, and she told me they don't normally take non-majors, but they only, or they would only take like one or two non-majors a year. And so, um, I felt pretty, you know, a little feather in your cap. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool, you know, (laughs) and it just took that. And that experience of being in choir and, and taking voice lessons to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this, you know. So then I just became uh, a music major and, a, and an English minor instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, the piano was always a thorn in my side in my entire college career. I tried to, uh, I had to take um, piano, class piano with people and uh, that had been taking for like, all their life <laughs> right. up to that point. And here I was plunking away and I really didn't get it. And, you know, it was just like, oh man, <laughs> I wished I'd, you know, I just wished I'd had better experience in that respect, you know? And the sad part about that is that it really did affect my career in a lot of ways because I didn't have that confidence level, even after going through college and, um, but you know, building my vocal skills and building my performance skills, it was one of those skills that I felt like, man, I, now let me ask you this. Yeah, was this yeah. one of those things that the professors kept saying, you need piano skills, you need piano skills or because you're an amazing vocalist well, and you're a great performer. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was basically. I mean, like I've I had teachers say, you know, it's going to be really hard if you try to go. You might not, you know, like I've had people say that to me. Yeah, like you you you're going to need piano skills in order to be successful at that. And but so, you're successful at it. I am now, but that's because I've been practicing it for a long time. Right. <laughs> and I was successful as a vocalist. Now, my degree is in music education. Mm-hmm. Because, again, one of those things where, you know, you're, I, I trained, I mean, I trained as a classical vocalist. I mean, I can do opera and all that good stuff. And I really enjoyed that. But the lifestyle of that, I think, um, I just don't have a competitive edge in terms of that. I don't know why. I just don't, I never had that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I see. I mean. I'm the same way in the sense that I used to be an actor, but I don't like auditioning. I don't like, (laughs) I don't like that competition aspect. Yeah. You know, and it's that, that one has, yeah, has nothing to do with me as a person. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like I, I still love the art. I still love to sing. I still love to sing opera. I still like to, um, you know, I enjoy that. I, I do miss performing a little bit, but that also made me a little bit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, it's, it's tense, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tense. Um, I got better at it, though, throughout, you know, after I left college, I did more performing and things like that. And so I did feel more comfortable and, and better at that aspect of it. But, um, but yeah, so I was a music ed major because, uh, you know, most people tell you, oh, you're never going to make it in performance. You know, like, the, it's blah, really blah, hard. Blah. It's yeah. like a hard way to go, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was always like, oh, that's the backup. And, um, again, I didn't have those piano skills and everybody's like, Oh, teaching, teaching, you're going to need piano skills, you know, and, um, had a terrible experience with student teaching and it was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. So when I graduated, uh, from college, I went on and, um, just did my own thing with music, you know, like I performed and we, we moved to St. Louis and, you did your theater stuff and I did my, uh, you know, I decided I'm not going to wait around because like you had a lot of stuff going on and um, you were doing a lot of performances and a lot of late nights and stuff like that. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to do my own thing with music and and um, theater. And I took a theater class and I auditioned for... You did a couple shows down there. Yeah, I did. I did some shows. That was kind of fun. We did, I did a show at St. Louis Community College. That was fun, and I got to meet some people in the community. And um, and then I got in with a group of people that were um, well, it was the, the St. Louis Chamber Chorus, and it was led by this uh, British guy who, and his name is Peter. I can't remember his last name now, but um, he um, he was the director. And I got in as a, um, as a, not a substitute, but as a, you know, like as an alternate right. kind of performance and, uh, loved that group. And I performed with them for a while. And then I think we ended up moving. Right. Um, but that was, um, that was a fun experience because I got to meet a lot of people and I got, I, I started taking, uh, voice lessons with, uh, that was another thing that I, uh, I thought was important. I, continued, you know, developing my voice and, and performance with, um, Dr. Uh, Susan McDuffie, who was, um, teaching at, uh, St. Louis university at the time. So she took me on as a student and that was really when my voice started to change or when I started to understand my voice a lot better. Mm. And I, and she taught what they call the natural singing style. Like all the way through college, I struggled with the uh, muscles part of my voice and just um, sort of forcing a different voice out, sure. you know, because sure. like that's one of the things that as a voice teacher myself, I really stressed not to do that because it's to, to understand your own personal voice and, and work with what you've already got because right, it's kind right. of... Yeah, you know, when a, you teach voice too, so I you teach know speaking the same voice. thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. The same thing, so... Um, trying to, I, I feel like through college, I managed to learn techniques, you know, like breathing techniques and all those kinds of things. But I was creating a voice rather than understanding, you know, how to use my 
Right. It sounds like my real voice. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you know, I like to develop that. And 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 as an equivalent, it sounds like a. I teach voice and diction, mm -hmm. and I teach them, you know, learn what your real voice is, learn what you naturally do on a daily basis, then learn to manipulate it for other things. Right. Character and, work or, yeah. you know, what have you. But yeah. it sounds like you learn the character work first. Yes, in a sense, because it's, it's you know, like you're singing like, oh, you know, your teacher says they want you to sing this stuff, and you're kind of more focused on learning you know learning the language because you're learning different languages and you're learning how to express what you know the poetry of it so i think maybe my my um undergrad was really about that was about learning how to tell the story okay and really how to interpret it so i i did learn a lot about interpretation through through that right um and the importance of knowing the story when you're singing you know, like the right. storytelling aspect sure. of it. So then when I got in with uh, um, Susan McDuffie, I, you know, like I had a lot of stress on my voice. I could tell because, I mean, I would strain. My muscles would not always feel the greatest, you know, mm -hmm. when I get done singing, which I don't think is a good sign. I think that's a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so t so learning how to you know, relax my muscles and use them properly with, uh, Dr. McDuffie, that made a big difference in my voice. And I had people tell me after that, that they were like, Oh my gosh, I really love your voice. It's, it's so cool. You know, like it's so natural sounding. It's so open sounding. And I was like, yeah. And, and that was because I felt I understood it, which it finally clicked in. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is with voice is you really can't you really can't teach. Well, you know, it's it's a hidden thing. You have to help people visualize what it, right. You have what to, your mechanism yeah. looks like, what it's doing. How do how do yeah. I achieve that sound? You have to close your eyes and feel it. Yeah, and feel the difference between tense and right relaxed. Yeah, and and just know where the sound is going and how you're producing it. And so, right. so I became a more technical, like. I became more technical about how I thought about the voice, but also um, being that in tune with your voice, you d you just it, it felt better. I mean, you know, like right. I could understand it better. And when I went to start teaching voice later on, it um, I think that's the one thing. Like it helped me to sustain my voice longer. You know, like oh, I sure. felt like um, it was just a healthier way. And so, and I and I preach that as a voice coach as well. It's like, you need to know how your voice produces sound and what's going on with your muscles when they're doing certain things. And like, you know, pay attention if they're straining, pay attention if you're, right. you know, <laughs> and it's because it's just like anything else in your body. You have to warm it up and you have to, um, understand what the muscles are and you have to stretch them gradually and you have to, you like know, any other and you have athletic... to work them out like regularly in order for them yeah, to work. It's like any properly. other athletic activity. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I always do that when I talk to my kids at school. Um, and I teach kindergarten through third grade. So you're thinking, oh, you know, what are you, <laughs> why are you teaching them about the technical aspects of <laughs> singing? But I mean, that's when it starts, you know, you got to mm -hmm. know who, know who, what you're doing. But I always tell them, I said, you know, singing is like, you know, it's like sports. You've got to, in order to produce those sounds, you have to work your muscles, right? You, you do warm-ups, mm -hmm. right? Your coaches have you do that, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's the same thing with singing. 
I said, you have to do warm-ups and you have to do it and you practice it yep. <laughs> in order to get it. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think that particular um, part of my training was really, really important. And um, I was able to, I was, I remember shortly after that, um, we still lived down in St. Louis and you were at SIUE and um, uh, we, I ended up t- uh, getting into an opera. I had not ever been in like a full length opera kind of situation, but SIUE was doing uh, Marriage of Figaro. I remember that. Yep. And so I got up to play the Countess in the Marriage of Figaro and um, truthfully, when you're, you know, like when you're doing a college type production, it's not like if you were going to be on stage at the Met, you know, like on stage of the Met, you would sing one night and you'd have a rest night and you'd sing again, and you know, like you'd right. have rest, rest in between because it, it is very demanding on your voice and physically, you know, just physically demanding. And so, um, I remember that process and my voice fine was fine all the way through and really? I didn't really feel like it was fatigued in any way. And then, and it worked quite well all the way through that. So, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. In the, in the opera world, like they are very, you know, of course you're probably doing a lot more shows than we did. We did, you know, um, one weekend, right? <laughs> I mean, or two, I can't remember how long, how long that particular run was, but, um, but yeah, normally it would not be a, if you were a professional singer, you would be, you'd sing and then you'd have a good rest day in between. Right before you sing again so interesting yeah now you, i know you're you, you've been a musician yes your primary vocation yes <laughs> uh however you are an artist in other realms as well yes i am yes i am uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to tell us about it here. oh okay <laughs> well okay so so basically i started with the music business and i uh, even though I did not go into teaching music right away, cause I didn't feel like that was, I was qualified to do that at the time when I was 22. Um, I went on and did, you know, office work and things like that, but I always, I came back to it as a, as a teacher, like I taught voice for several years and then I started teaching piano and, um, basically beginning, beginning piano. And then I just got better and better at that. But then, um, living with an artist and a, and what I mean, like a maker artist, like he's a, like you're a maker. Yes. <laughs> uh, you, you do things, you know, you build things with your hands and, and whatnot. So I've always loved art as well. I took art classes when I was in, you know, middle school and whatnot and loved. I remember my sixth grade art class and I, you know, like we got to do such cool stuff. Like we got to do lino, you know, lino carving and stuff like that. And, um, it just had a blast with that. And I remember all those experiences too. So, um, I think after, you know, getting to know what you did, I don't even know how we got into all that with the art, you know, like you were making puppets and well, I I started like helping you out with puppetry and and almost anything I've ever done. You've always been there asking questions. Right, we do do uh, create together. Yeah, and a lot of time. I mean, I will tell this story: is this if I'm working on something that has to be finished, like for a show? uh, Generally, what happens is 
I get to a point where I can't figure something out. Jenna comes by, looks at it and says, well, why don't you do it this way? Which is generally the easiest, simplest way that I have overlooked at this point. Say, oh. Yeah, we both complicate things very. <laughs> I'm very good at overthinking and over designing stuff. So she's very good at seeing. So she has gotten into it. Yeah. So Jenna, really, yeah, you've yeah. gotten into it that way. Yeah. It was funny because, um, like, I've always been around that art world, and I've right. liked that art world. Um, just like scene painting or, well, you know, doing this or that. But we're museum goers. Yes, we are museum goers. And We've always liked so that. I, as a child, you. Oh, yeah. My mom, my parents raised us. Yeah. My mom was a history buff. So we had to go to every museum, you know, between here and Pennsylvania because that's where we usually are going. <laughs> <laughs> but we spent a lot of time up in Canada and that all, the whole realm up there. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely my, we, we saw a lot of museums growing up and, um, uh, but not a lot of art museums, like more history museums. But still, it's... That's it's, part of our culture, yeah. I right, mean, but it's still the the idea that yeah. you're exposed to a lot more art. Yeah, I think my mom was an artist, and, you know, like, she was... She was a fiber artist. I mean, you know, like all the way. She right. loved. She loved to sew. She loved to knit. She loved to she card she, weaving. Yeah, she, she was the whole of the what is that name of that? And, um, oh, the family workshop. Yeah, the family anthology workshop. series of books from the nineteen seventies. Yeah, so. that was her thing, man. We had to do a lot of that kind of stuff. But she was she was always very creative and also a musician. So I mean, I the older I get, yeah, the more I am like my mom. I know. <laughs> Right. But I, I think, um, I don't know if it was my teaching gig that, that started it first, and then we started doing puppetry. I don't remember which came first, truthfully. I don't either. But um, I didn't start, I started, uh, we lived in Wisconsin for a while, and I started, um, I make a joke that I was a swimsuit model for an art class. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but when we were there, I started, I went back, they asked me to teach, um, a college level music, intro to music class. And I was like, okay. Cause I was there and I was a person who had, you know, knew about music and taught me, you know, you had music, I had never taught it before, but you had a music ed degree. Right. So I had a music ed degree and they, they were like, we need a warm body in there teaching this stuff, you know? And I was like, okay, fine. And so I started doing that. And then I got the teaching bug. And so once I think I got the teaching bug, I think I became a lot more involved in thinking about art and creating art. Right. And then we, I don't, when did you start going to the Eugene O'Neill stuff? That was mid late nineties. That was bowl. That was when I was in. Oh, at Bowling Green. Yeah. It was yeah. that late. So it wasn't until. So that is actually when I started with it. Really? Yeah. Because you were going to do that, that short with your, um, um, about your grandma and grandma, you know. Oh, right. That short puppet piece. Right. I wrote. Right. So it was in Wisconsin, I think, because I remember at sitting at the table in Wisconsin doing that sculpture. Oh, you're right. That yep, was Yep, then. yep, yep. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, that's what happened is um, you were doing, uh, you were kind of involved with the puppetry through that's your right. graduate and program. And 
that sort of got me back into like doing like the sculpture part. That's right. And you sculpted the faces of those yeah, three so puppets. Yeah, so I sculpted the faces of those three puppets that you used in that program. And I was like, I love this, you know. And then when we uh, lived in Massachusetts, I started doing wire art because I liked uh, Calder or whatever. Uh, yeah. Alexander, Alexander Calder. Alexander Calder. And got inspired by that. But it, it all kind of happened through... When we moved to Massachusetts, I worked as a coffee shop person, a barista, whatever. And then um, I ended up teaching, getting a teaching gig. I So I wanted, after doing the Wisconsin teaching, I was like, you know, I, I really want to do this, you know. So when we went to uh, Massachusetts, I got licensed and uh, to teach music again in, in Massachusetts because you have to get relicensed every time you go from state to state. And, um, so I took the tests, did the whole thing, got my license back. And then I ended up teaching at two Catholic schools, just music. And then this, the next year I got, I went to, um, just the one Catholic school and their art teacher quit like a couple, had to quit a couple of weeks before school started. And I said, I'll do it. And they're like, okay. So I, uh, so I ended up teaching music and art at that school for a few years. And that's really, really what I got, got into the more artistic part of my, you know, like the actual fine arts and the, uh, visual arts part of things. So, um, that sculpting thing, you know, I was like, I'm pretty good at this. I can do that. (laughs) And then just in teaching other people, you learn how to do things better so that you can teach them. So I was, it was a pretty heavy learning curve. I got licensed to do that too in Massachusetts. I took the tests and studied and did all that business. And, um, cause I like to be legitimate (laughs) 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 and I ended up, uh, yeah, doing, you know, learning a lot through teaching those kids. That was the kindergarten through a uh, seventh grade seventh. program. So I got to see a lot of different, you know, like I got to learn how to plan for, you know, that, different that skill sets, skill set. Yeah, exactly. And so then I started getting into the wire art and then I did, you know, and her wire art is probably one of my favorite yeah. that she's ever done. There's they're weird and wonderful. And, um, <laughs> she does, her wire art, she just takes one piece of wire and bends it up until it looks like a face. And they're beautiful. Oh, They are. They're amazing. And I think they're... I know that's your favorite part. And it's weird because it's one of those things that I tried to go back to at one point and it was like I couldn't get it. And I think it's just one of those things, again, as, as artistic inspiration. You got to be in... You got to be in the mood. It's so hard to to create just you know like in the same um medium all the time for me like like i think one of the things that artists have a hard time with and i have adhd and you know we're finding that out a lot more now (laughs) (laughs) as we get older we as we get older and we and we learn about our neurodiversity um i (laughs) you know i know i've had adhd for a long time but (laughs) but for me and i think for a lot of artists my sister and i talk about this because she's the same way um that we're like, oh, I really like this kind of art. I'm going to try this. Like, I'm going to try 
um, doing beading. I'm going to try um, painting. I'm going to try watercolors. I'm going to try art, you know, wire art. I'm going to try wool felting. So I've done all those kinds of things and I, I like them all. I will say that painting to me is kind of therapeutic though. Right. But you're right. You don't, you go through phases of different materials. Yeah. And you don't go back to them a lot. No. And it was really hard. Like after you said that about the wire, I was like, you know, I should try another wire piece again. And I got it, got it out and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to try another <laughs> I'm wire. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I am not feeling this. So I don't know. It was very um, difficult to, to maneuver the wire at that point because I wasn't sure. Like the things that inspired me at the time when I was creating those is you you and I work off each other. And that was, you loved clowns. And so I did, I'm looking at this picture of a, you know, this wire, wire thing of a clown, you know, a couple of them up there. you love, you love, um, like the oh, whole, the comedia masks, the comedia masks and the, um, there's a Laurel and Hardy Laurel and Hardy, Yeah. Like all those silent movie things, you know? And so that's sort of my inspirations for them were to, to try and create some, I will say the best one I made my friend, um, James Lumsden has, oh, has the, yes. It, which was the lion, which I love that piece. And it wasn't wire. It was all... It was all wire, yeah. No, but wasn't it um, safety pins? Was that the safety... No, I did make a safety pin lion after that because I like I like lions. But <laughs> <laughs> So you've done a couple of those. So I have, but that one was all just wire. And it looked really cool. Yeah, I, I love that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were, for a time, trying to sell our art. And, uh, you know, we're doing the whole... By the tent and sit and try and the craft sell things. Show thing, yeah, yeah, the craft show thing. And, uh, and they were gracious enough to come by and buy that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that was one of my favorite ones. But yeah. But so, you know, I'm, I think it's just the constant. If you're an artist, um, sometimes you just find that medium that you really love. But I think all artists actually love exploring like more than one medium yeah, yeah. you know like they want to do that's stuff it, in yeah. more than one medium. it's interesting i was recently on the podcast uh caitlin boshart um mm-hmm. she's a life coach but right. she talks about uh multi-passionate artists yeah and it's the idea that we don't have just one thing one art we're transfixed and not transfixed but that's the wrong word uh but we're drawn yeah. to so many different things yeah, and and would you consider yourself that kind of multi-passionate? Yeah. I mean, I think I am. I mean, you know, my kids... I mean, because it sounds that way. I mean, that's why I bring yeah. it up, because it certainly sounds that way. My kids at school always ask me, what do you like to do more? Do you like to teach music more? Or do you like to teach art more? And I can't answer the, their question, because I like both for right. different reasons. Right. So, and I do believe music is a storytelling art form. It is It oh, is art. Right. Um. It could be technical, it could be academic, it can be all those things, but it is essentially, it is art. It is us taking what we feel inside and we make creating something to let other people know. Right. <laughs> or at least to relate to other people. And well, so it, it, arts, art, in my opinion, is in visual art too, is um, for me, visual art's more about an individual like view of what, you know, like... Um, like what I feel like in that moment, I guess. Okay, that makes but sense. I, mean, I guess it's the same thing, you know, music. And- I, yeah, I think because I think 
music, art, painting, yeah, wool felting, yeah, hat making, whatever. Uh, they're all communication devices. Yeah, they're all languages too. Yeah, and it's funny because when I do some of these things, like I've just been getting into the like the little diamond dot things, right? You know, so just because it's fun and I like textural things, so. <laughs> um, I love shiny objects. Um, so. <laughs> I started with that with like kits and stuff, like with a kit or two. And then I just started free draw, you know, like kind of freehand and stuff, you know, which I enjoy more. And I find like with the wool felting, same thing. I started with like, oh, there's a little book on wool felting. Let's wool felt an animal or something. And then after that, I looked at the um, wet felting stuff and I thought, no, that's more me. I'm constantly trying to tell a story. I just, I just, that just flipped a switch in my brain, but that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> that's great. Do you know what I mean? Like music, I'm trying to tell a story. Right. I'm looking at some of the paintings that I've done and I'm trying to tell a story. I've got birds, you know, I'm like this kind of tranquility yeah. type of thing. Um, I, you know, the faces, I'm fascinated by faces, first of all, in artwork. I love faces. I will buy anything that has a cool and interesting face on it. <laughs> That's the kind of art I want. I don't really, landscapes aren't necessarily, I'm not as drawn to landscapes as I am to faces. Right. Um, but I think it's because of that, because it's a story. Interesting. And I think I Very just re realized that out because I was just thinking of this piece of um, fiber art that I had over here, this wool felting thing that I did. And it was... Uh, it's a um, just a that my attempt at that, that water work. felting, you know, um, and I was like, okay, this has to tell a story. So I have fire at the bottom, I have water at the top, oh, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> like all that stuff. And so, yeah, I'm just like realizing most of the things that I do There's are my attempt to tell a story of some sort, even in a tiny tiny way yeah i'm not a big fan of abstract art you know like, like gracie likes that art abstract art and you know she she likes that mark mark rothko with the color thing yeah. and all that stuff you know and i'm like gracie being our daughter yeah well yeah i'm sorry yeah i forgot yeah <laughs> to, to mention that but but you know i think and then maggie's more maggie's also our daughter and she likes the storytelling part of it she's, you know, a she's storyteller, more the storyteller yeah. and so um I think through my art, I've always wanted to like tell a story of some sort. Interesting. I didn't. I just realized that. <laughs> now, here's so a, thanks for the interview. <laughs> oh, thanks for the yeah. answer. Now, do you think that's going to change? No. How? Not not that's not going to change. <laughs> do you think it's going to change how you approach your next project? Maybe. I mean, you know, I'm looking like looking around our room here. We've got. I've got paintings. I've got wired art and I've got the sculpture of this face over here. Right. Yep. So, um, I, but I'm just looking at all of it and it is all telling a story of some sort. Isn't it? You it know? is. Well, yeah. So, but I, so yeah, I think maybe having that revelation, um, I will probably do that. Yeah. Probably will. It probably will change the way I look at how, what I'm doing. Okay. Do you think it'll change how or what, uh, materials you use, what format, or do you have any clue yet? No, I think, um, 
I think in every format that I do, I just, I, I actually naturally do it. So, you know what I mean? Like I naturally am telling it, but I think it might clarify what I'm, you know, like if I'm looking at a painting and I want to, um, Right. tell the story in a painting, I might be more in tune with the details of that, you know, of how, what am I, you know, how am I telling right. that story? What What's the story I'm telling? And that might, that might be a premature question to ask. I mean, just. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's I, a developing no, kind of. <laughs> so we'll find developing out. news. Yeah. We'll find just, out yeah, in yeah. the future. <laughs> um, do you have any like inspirational people, muses or heroes or. I think my first hero in terms of music would be my mom. My mom taught me a lot about music and I remember singing with her and her playing the guitar and the two of us singing together, you know, so I think she was one of my heroes. Mr. Nichols was my high school mentor and he just is a genuine soul and really taught me a lot about music with, and you know, I think people... Now, when you when you become an adult, you realize the kind of experience you had in a small town school, and he's having a singing, you know, uh, the hallelujah, you know, not, not just the hallelujah chorus, but per, performing Messiah, you know, right. as a high schooler, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and just more complicated works and whatnot. And so, I think his that experience was really good for me in terms of art. You're always a hero of mine in terms of art. I mean, just watching how you do things and um, create things. And, um, you know, artists and art in general, just, again, I I don't know. It's kind of hard with the art part. I mean, I I love artists, and I'm inspired by artists. Right. You know, like we have this love affair with... uh, um, Austin Kleon and his steal like an artist book Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it makes a lot of sense to us. You know, you look at, you know, like you, you, you read or you, you are part, you actually connected to all these artists as you go through. Right. You know, so it's like your interpretation of something that's already been done. Right. Right. But how unique are, but, but at the same time, my interpretation has never been done. Right, exactly. At the same time, completely unique. Right. <laughs> so that's kind of yeah. I don't know. I don't. And yeah, the art, the art or hero is kind of hard. I mean, I love Van Gogh, but <laughs> sure. I mean, I don't consider him a hero. I think he. I think he's just a. His but at least tragic inspirational. And interest, inspirational yeah. life. Yeah. Um, the fact that he was able to, you know, create things even though he wasn't well and wasn't right you know um but yeah what about um what about your art Mm -hmm. that turns you on i kind of use my art as therapy (laughs) do you know what i mean like when i if once i if you see me painting a picture a lot of times. I mean, I'm like, I'll be zoned in right on right. that, you know. So it's a way to kind of calm myself down sometimes and just, you know, get into that space. Same thing with sculpture. I'm very um, tactile. Like, I like to be, you know, sculpting to me is a very 
again, very super calming thing to me. It's just, I get in this zone and I feel really good and really happy doing that. <laughs> so I, I guess I would say that I, that's what I like about my art. Same thing with music. I love teaching. I think teaching is an art obviously. And I think, um, mm -hmm. I would wholeheartedly agree with you. Agree and with I you. think that to me, seeing results through my, you know, like seeing kids understand things because we've talked about it and, and, uh, uh, and I've helped them to be, a, you know, be more involved in music and, um, just in life in general and learn about each other and whatnot. <laughs> I mean, I think that's also something I like about, well, specifically with music. I love to teach piano. I like to see my kids' growth and how they, um, you know, what inspires them in the classroom, you know. Right. Anything about your artwork, about your art that turns you off? Yeah, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> No, I'm not supposed to be no. self-deprecating. I'm cutting that out. No, 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 I know. Um, what turns me off is not having enough time to do it. Um, oh, certainly. <laughs> kind of uh, wishing that there was, like, one of the things, I love my art, and I love all of our artwork that we have, but at some point it's like, I want to, like, who do we share this with? <laughs> We're telling our stories. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, um, but like a, like a better way to share it with other people, I guess maybe. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'd say, yeah, I think there's a community it, out there for us that we haven't met yet. Yeah. I think that's probably kind of true too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I would say those are kind of the turnoffs. I mean, there's, there's always never enough time to do it. I'd love to be an independently wealthy person and just do art and sit on the, seashore somewhere in my cute little cottage <laughs> and you know have my big sunny you know You're room working. facing the ocean and you know yeah well, i'm working on that so. that sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> that would be my <laughs> ultimate spot to okay. create but okay last few questions mm -hmm. um is there any art i mean you you've dabbled in a lot of different types of artwork mm -hmm. and art forms is there one out there that you haven't done that you would like to try well, I would like to be, I like the lamp working thing, which you bought me a bunch of books about that. Um, uh, and creating like little glass sculptures oh, small and, glass beads beads. and stuff. Yeah. I got done the fused glass, which I think was pretty cool. And I've got like a really cool little kiln to do small fused glass pieces, which is kind of fun. Um, again, though, I always keep running into that same problem of what do you do with them once you make them? <laughs> That should never be part of the equation. I know when you it shouldn't. <laughs> I know it shouldn't, but my practical side sometimes overtakes me. So, um, but also, yeah, I mean, just creating, I think maybe creating mosaics with glass, you know, like I just love glass and shiny things and I love collage and mosaics. That's an area I don't do a lot. I haven't done a lot with, but I'm always interested in it. Okay. Like now, it's always, and that again kind of goes to that storytelling issue. Right. You know? Now the mosaic, is that kind of feeding into your little dot? A little bit. Yeah. But I think, I'm, I think it's a classier version of the dot. I mean, like, you know, the dot is using a manufactured sure. thing, you know, that it's terrible for the environment too, which is kind of bad, but 
Whereas mosaics could be um, stones, it could be crystals, it could be, you know, recycled china, you know, recycled glass, you know, that sort of thing. So that part appeals to me a little bit more, I think. Interesting. And I like the idea of making a picture with these little pieces of glass and, you know, I don't know. I like collage. I love collage when I see people do, you know, cool collages it's because the texture thing i love texture sure but is there any art art form that you would know you would never want to try hmm performance art (laughs) now you're a performer what do you mean by performance art well you know like that that weird you know when you talk about people i don't know okay um (laughs) I was on another podcast with my friend Julie Wyatt. Oh yeah, and she is. She actually has a degree. Oh, that's right. In performance it. art. <laughs> Sorry, Julie. <laughs> and one of the phrases she used on that podcast was, "You know, I like. You know, I'm okay with doing stuff like getting naked and rolling around in peanut butter." <laughs> <laughs> she thinks that's art. And um, so, is that what you're talking about? I'm not saying it's not art. It's not a form of art that I would want to do. Yes. Okay. That's, the, that's, that's what I'm fair. talking about. <laughs> Okay, we'll steer Julie. No offense, Julie. Love ya. <laughs> okay. Um, why do you participate in art? Or why do you practice art? I think it's really, really important. We talk a lot about how... Um, we talk a lot about education in our family because we're both educators as well. And um, I think... Art is how, what first off makes the world a better place. I think um, we talked about how academics teaches tool, like teaches the basics, but art is how we help, you know, that is how we interpret those things. It's how, you know, like you give them the tools, but now this is what you use to art as the application yeah, process of is the application tools. of the tools. Right. So that is why I practice art. I think it's really important that kids understand music. I think it's music is such a huge part of our life and they're not aware of that. And it can be used as a, you know, like I said, this, you know, music is a way for us to connect to other people. It's a universal language it is, you know, BTS is kind of one of those, you know, you, it, it might be a popular group, but it's also shows you that this is something that transcends, you know, cultures and whatnot. And, and so passing that along, I think is really important. I think, um, every kid should have that, that outlet of, you know, we talk about how, you know, what do you, what kind of music does anybody, you know, does anybody listen to music when they're cleaning their room? Does anybody listen to music when they're angry? Does anybody listen to music when they're sad? When, you know, like all those kinds of emotional connections in a world where empathy is, a you know, a commodity right now that we don't have, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's important to give them that, to, right. to give them under, help them to understand that. And how music can be used to express our emotions and uh, things. And the art is the same way. Art is a is a internal on paper or on whatever medium you're using. Um, 
get that get that stuff out you know like let's see who you are inside and that's okay. what art does you know like visual arts are for kids and i think it provides them every kid has something to say every kid has you know it doesn't matter what their skill level is it doesn't matter what their um uh yeah, it doesn't matter what their skill level is. It doesn't matter if they do a great job or not a great job in whatever. That's all relative, right? That's not that's not that has not, nothing to do with anything. But but to provide them with that opportunity to tell their story is really important. So that's why I do it. The answer to that question was all geared at helping others. What about yourself? <laughs> why do I do it? Yeah, is there? Um, and not that I'm not that I'm. Because I have a story to tell. Because <laughs> yeah. I think both answers are admirable, but I'm just curious yeah. about you as a person. Well, I think because I have things to say. I mean, I use it, I would use it the same way. I'm like looking at, like, again, inspired by the things around me. And I love certain things. And by putting it out there and creating something, you know, um, is showing people who I am and telling my story and helping people know, like, I love birds. I got a lot of bird paintings. You have a lot of bird paintings. That's true. <laughs> you know, I, have a lot I of love flowers. skies. I love, um, have a lot of flowers. Yeah. So, yep. Um, that's why I do it. Thank you very much for taking the, <laughs> taking the, the afternoon. No sit problems. down with me. I've been meaning to talk to you for a long time and it's been, uh, <laughs> I'm actually very surprised at what came out in the interview here. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> in the sense that this little artistic discovery of yours and <laughs> and and your storytelling DNA, <laughs> it it is it's, it is because you know you lived with my dad, storytelling yep. master, right? You know, like extraordinaire Grace Maggie, our daughter, storytelling extraordinaire. Yep. You know, so I did not realize how much of how much my of art is about me storytelling, but that's what it is. It is very much so. So that's kind of cool. It's a cool, cool discovery. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for hanging around and geeking out with us. If you enjoyed the show, hit the like and subscribe buttons. And more importantly, join the conversation and leave us a message or comment. We'd love to hear about your nerdy art. Thanks again and join us next week for more Art Nerds.